Welcome to the Empower Working Mom Revolution podcast, the ultimate destination for all you incredible working moms out there. Hey there, I'm your host, Jocelyn Young, a certified life coach dedicated to guiding moms to build successful careers while being present parents. This show is your guide to creating transformational change in you as a working mom, where you'll discover your own empowering, actionable tips and tools, and we'll dive into inspiring stories and topics such as nurturing your well-being, setting boundaries, managing time effectively, and cultivating self-compassion. So join me here every Wednesday as we revolutionize how you show up as a working mom, which makes remarkable changes in yourself, your family, your career, and the world around you. So remember to hit that subscribe button and let's go on this transformative journey together. Welcome to the Empower Working Mom Revolution Podcast. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, working moms. Let's create your best year in career and parenting. Picture a year where your career growth is booming, your kids want to spend their free time hanging out with you, and you're going on unforgettable family vacations together. I mean, wouldn't that be great if that became your reality? Well, I'm here to say that it can be, and I'm so excited because I want to invite you to join us for the fun Mommy Fest Your Best Year workshop on January 20th, where we're going to have fun creating what you desire and bring it into your life as a working mom. This workshop is open for six people because that is the amount of seats I have in my home, which is where I'm hosting this amazing in-person workshop. So if you'd like to learn more and snag your spot, go to empoweredworkingmomrevolution.com forward slash events to sign up. All right. Hope to see you there at the Mommy Fest Your Best Year workshop. Hey there, Working Moms. I'm super excited to share with you this conversation I have with Jessica Wan about embracing ourselves as ampersands. And in this episode, Jessica shares how an ampersand is someone who straddles two or more worlds and brings them together in some way. Jessica shares about her own journey and reflections as an ampersand and how being an ampersand is like coming home to who you are at the core. And as I reflected back on this conversation from the lens of being a working mom, it made me think about all the different worlds that I have in my life that I merge together between my work, between being a mom and other curiosities and creative uh, ventures that I have currently in my life. And how do those all merge together? What are the direct connections and threads between all of them? And it makes me reflect on how that is making me who I am in this present day and moment. And it gets me curious and excited of where it's leading me to. Because when we notice these threads and these connections between everything and all the worlds that we're merging together in our current life, and even from our past experiences, it's exciting to have a deeper awareness of who we are at the core and where we're going towards right? But being led by curiosity and being led by uh, creativity and um, enjoying the journey of it all. And so I'm excited for you to listen in on all the golden nuggets of wisdom that Jessica shares with us about embracing ourselves as an ampersand and how we all can allow ourselves to water the seeds of curiosity and creativity and notice those threads and connections from our past life experiences and how it's influencing where we are and who we are today and also moving forward. Alrighty, let's dive into the conversation. I am so excited for our guest today, Jessica Wan. So I'm going to share a little bit of story. As you all know, every time I have a guest, I always share a little story of how we met. So y'all know how I meet these amazing people. Um, so first, Jessica is a leadership coach, classical singer, and host of the Ampersand Manifesto podcast. Do subscribe and listen to. There's some amazing conversations where she interviews people who, like her, have built multiple careers in two or more worlds. So Jessica holds an MBA from Berkeley Haas and studied product design and music at Stanford. As a coach, she partners with senior leaders in the realms of leadership, management, and growth. And Jessica previously led marketing teams and product launches at Apple, Smule, and Magoosh. And so welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks, Jocelyn. I'm so excited to jam with you today. Oh, I love that you said that jam. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited too. I want to share just how uh, we met. So um, audience, 
I am part of, we are both part of the Asian Women Coach Collective that was founded, I think, here in the Bay Area. And um, it is a group of Asian women coaches and from worldwide, actually. And so it is a collective and Jessica and I are part of a catalyst circle, which you can call it like a mastermind group. And we meet monthly. And that's how I met Jessica and discovered her uh, podcast, the ampersand manifest. And I was like, what is an ampersand? But I started listening to it and it is some fascinating um, stories of individuals that live this ampersand life. So if you're thinking, you're wondering like, what is an ampersand? I'm going to, we're going to dive into that, but we're going to dive into just this concept of ampersand, but also what I found as a listener of her podcast is just this deeper connection of someone living a life in a multifaceted way and like understanding themselves. So I'm so intrigued to hear from Jessica's point of view and just her experience with all the amazing guests that she has on the podcast about this. So are y'all ready? Because I'm ready. Let's dive in and have some fun. All right. Well, Jessica, thanks for just your time and energy coming on the podcast. So I just have a quick question. Well, maybe not quick, but this is where we're going to start is can you help me and the audience understand what is an ampersand? Like, how do you define that? Maybe the best way to start is actually by telling a little story. Yes. So uh, it was last year, sometime in the spring, so 2022, and I was having lunch with my mentor, um, David Reamer. He's actually one of the interviews in the Ampersand Manifesto. David started out as my marketing mentor when I was heading up a marketing team at a startup. Uh, He led Yahoo. He was the CMO of Yahoo in its heyday. And so, you know, very, very knowledgeable and experienced about marketing. But then when I transitioned actually out of that job, um, I, I still wanted David in my life and uh, he kind of transitioned into a life mentor because over the years, over our coffee chats, I had learned things about him and he'd learned things about me um, beyond. Uh, so now he helps startups define their story, tell their story. Um, but beyond that, he also is a theater producer. He goes to New York several times a year. He's been working on shows um, and he has served as the board director of ACT in San Francisco. So this is his other life. So David kind of graduated to being this life mentor of mine. And we were sitting down and I just said to him, David, what do we call people like us? And we batted some ideas around. And he said, oh, well, you know, back in the 1600s, we might be Renaissance men, right? But there were no Renaissance women at the time, <laughs> or they yeah. weren't recognized, yeah. right? So yeah. Leonardo da Vinci was famously one of these Renaissance people. And I was like, oh, well, I think that's the term I want to use. And of course, multi-passionate, multifaceted came up. Um, later on, when I was talking to a friend, she said, oh, when I lived in LA, everybody was dating a slasher. I was like, oh, slasher, like a actor slash waiter. Or oh, <laughs> I have like, never oh, heard that term. <laughs> right. Uh, multi-hyphenate. I mean, there uh-huh. are a lot of terms for this. But I came home from that lunch with David. I, I had my whole day. I went to bed. And then at 2 a.m., I woke up. I was I was shaken awake by this idea. And it just came to me that we're ampersands. So the definition, the working definition I'm using right now is someone who straddles two or more worlds and brings them together uh, in some way. And it doesn't have to be that the bringing together of these worlds is constant or the main thing but they are actively looking for connections. And maybe the connection is really them. 
but a lot of what we explore on the show is actually how these two worlds inform questions, curiosity, uh, and kind of the future path of these people. Yeah. Yeah. I am so intrigued by just how that happens. Like even for yourself, if you could kind of tell the audience of like your own ampersand journey, I mean, even now, right now. So like, can you share with us like your own story of like understanding like these two worlds colliding together? Absolutely. Yeah. So my ampersand on one side has always been music. Uh, Mm -hmm. As a child, I started on piano probably around age five. Um, And I was recently reflecting on this. I think that this medium maybe could have been other artistic expression, but I think for me, I was very driven by achievement, especially Mm -hmm. as a child. Mm -hmm. And I played piano. And then because I played piano, when um, fourth grade came along, they said, oh, you should play violin. Okay, Mm -hmm. I played violin. And then when sixth grade came along, they said, oh, you play two instruments already. We're going to put you on oboe because it's a, you know, a hard instrument. And so I played piano, violin and oboe and had private lessons. And I went to college and I thought at first I thought, oh, I'll probably get a music minor just because I can. And then I realized I'm, you know, a few units away from the major. I went in thinking I would probably have oboe as my principal instrument. And then freshman year, I had a roommate who was kind of the one person in our uh, class at Stanford, Mm -hmm. not a music school, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Who said, I'm here to be an opera singer. And she, she and I would, we both played piano. And every night after dinner in the dorm room, we had this grand piano and we would just sing duets from musical theater. I would play or she would play. We had a wonderful time. And then one day she said, you know what? I think you should study with my voice teacher. And I had never really even thought about it. And that voice teacher saw something in me. And that year I did my first one act opera. And my junior year, I did the full length opera of the magic flute and was Pamina. And it was, it was wild. And when I told my parents, um, they were just kind of like, what you're like majoring in voice now. <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't that yeah. much of a surprise. I had done yeah. a lot of singing for fun in mm-hmm. high school, just in the, um, the musicals that my high school put on. Um, but nowadays I, and uh, Ever since I have been performing kind of in the Bay Area Um, nowadays, because I have a small child, it's more like recitals and concerts as Mm -hmm. opposed to full length shows, which take a lot of rehearsal time. Um, So I do, I say I'm kind of like a creative entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, And then my other ampersand uh, that has been, you know, it started out as engineering, like product design. And then shifted to marketing because I I kind of fell into marketing at a design firm. And then it was marketing for many years, almost two decades. I worked in marketing and now it's coaching in the business world, coaching around leadership. So that one, I think, has gone through some shifts. Um, But for a while, uh, my kind of, I guess, tagline would be, you know, I thrive at the intersection of the arts technology, and business. Uh Yeah. And I've had a lot of matching um, opportunities with my ampersand. Uh, For example, a friend and I started um, an organization called Art Song Salon. Um, This was back in the, it's like 2015 to 2018-ish in San Francisco. We would pair visual arts with uh, classical art song. So I would sing. Um, and the idea was that you would kind of, um, you would enjoy and understand and contemplate the visual art while kind of having a soundtrack that paired with it. 
And then the people we invited were lots of people who were in the business world and the tech world and lawyers and doctors. And I think I've always wanted, uh, a lot of my purpose is really to propagate the arts um, in ways that are kind of um, new and fresh and um, intimate spaces. And um, I, I think my, you know, my mission of keeping the arts alive, I kind of do in my, the way that reflects my own ampersand. Wow. There, there's so many like threads that in there that I'm like, so curious about in terms of like, how has like these two worlds that you're I can see you're so passionate about like both the arts and in the work that you do in like the business world, right? Like as a coach and just the journey and that, like, like what is it that you have discovered about yourself holding both of these worlds and infusing these worlds together? Because I find that so fascinating for like with your story and even the stories of your guests on the podcast, like there's something like, like the deep, there's a, is there a deeper connection that you discover about yourself as you're merging these two worlds together? Yeah. I think that it's taken me a while to fully show up as whole. And Mm. I I think it wasn't really until I became a coach that I felt like I was, I was really able to see the connections. And it wasn't until I was a coach that I started this podcast. Part of the reason I'm doing these interviews, you know, one is to get these amazing stories of of everyday people um, out there. Uh, One of our guests said, you know, what I really like is you're not going after super famous people. It's actually, it's very relatable because these are like, well, every season was all my friends. (laughs) Everyday people, everyday people. That's what I love about your podcast too. Yeah. So, and then the other is I'm doing these interviews to actually try to understand myself better Mm. too. And I think this is, it is one of the outputs that I'm hearing from listeners is, you know, even folks who are like, yeah, I don't, I personally don't identify as an ampersand, but I listen to this person's story and I'm drawing out so many threads from it Mm -hmm. that relate to me in some way. Mm -hmm. I think throughout my career, I've seen this search and this yearning to connect the worlds, you know, whether it's through art song salon or, you know, at Smule, Smule is um, a company that makes music making apps for the iPhone. And there were, there were a lot of ampersands, right. And Mm -hmm. we made music in the office. And I think that was kind of a manifestation of it. Mm. But now as a coach, I'm realizing a lot more about the skills that I've developed as a musician over my entire life in terms of deep listening. Like you have to do that when you make music with others. And that was something that, you know, that was said to me from one of my podcast guests. I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) that is probably why I am such a good coach. And I think there are direct threads that are still revealing themselves to me. Um, When I left Magoosh, um, my team was amazing. They put together this really beautiful tribute video that made me cry. But one person in there just said something so interesting and funny, which was, it was something like, I'm going to really miss Jessica and all the like weird stuff that she does that brings out our, you know, creativity and silliness and fun. I was like, weird stuff. I don't think it's weird, but (laughs) I think, I think it's more like 
the business world doesn't expect such a out of the box kind of creative tool set. Yeah. And really when you bring practices from theater or improv or music into the business world that unleashes creativity. And Ooh, yeah. if I can bring that and that's a unique ac- asset, then I-, I think that, you know, it's something that isn't going to show up necessarily from other leaders. Yeah. Yeah. You're really pointing to how instead of, I guess the thought that came for me as I was listening to you is instead of being so compartmentalized, like this is the arts, this is the business. There's something magical or amazing that can happen when things infuse together versus I, I I don't know, for me, I have a tendency to compartmentalize. Like I am like a long lost pianist who never got to go major in music. So I'm like, so envy that you did that, (laughs) but I, I didn't do that. I had the opportunity and I just didn't take it. But that's where the part it's like, I think I compartmentalize of like, no, that's one life. I can't have that at the same time as this life. You know, like it's mm-hmm. so, you know, like you said, business here, art here, but all the, like you yourself and the people that you have on the podcast of seeing how the two worlds are infusing and how they kind of work together or how they integrate is so interesting you know, how that happens, like, and what, what that brings forth, like how you're saying it, it's this thread that you're still like revealing with your conversations with the guests. I guess my next question is like with your conversations that you've had with your guests, cause you're in season two right now is what are some things that you've noticed through your conversations with all the people that are living these multifaceted ampersand lives. Yeah, we just wrapped up season two. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, um, I think going back to this kind of overachiever drive of mine, <laughs> my first thought was like, I'm going to just forge forward. And I have this idea for like season 2.5 and I want to yeah. start integrating things. And I said, you know, no, I want to just take a break and yeah actually allow some space to think, you know, for me and for, I don't know, the world, the universe, (laughs) Uh, like this is out there now. Okay. Let's just see. Mm. So there have been so many themes that like similarities that I'm finding between people whose who have, you know, very different ampersands, like a neuroscientist and dancer and uh, um, an author and singer. And and I think one of them is, um, I think it's very close to, like it could be a kind of sub-definition of an ampersand, which is kind of everything that you do and value and keep holding on to is from a place of love Mm. and passion. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, one kind of very crude example is like the person who has a, you know, a day job and Mm -hmm. a night job, right? Yeah. And I think I would kind of put myself in that category um, because singing is something that I can, it, it doesn't take as much kind of concentrated brain energy as, you know, something like writing a fiction novel. So I can pop into that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even in one day. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, I, I think I don't talk about my day job as like, you know, uh, the thing I have to do. Um, And I think I'm blessed in that regard to, I think I'm, I'm privileged to be able to do something with my day job that um, is something that I love and 
you know, uses a different part of my brain is a different application. Um, so I, I think that that is a pattern that we see again and again. And recently, um, in season two, especially, we've been exploring this question of like, kind of like, why are we still doing these things? Like I was double major in college <laughs> and now I'm in my forties. Yeah. Why have I held on? Oh, and I think that there is something Gosh. really about identity here mm. and also how this thing we do feeds us and makes us better to show up to everyone around us. So for me, I can't ever imagine like not doing music because it is just part of who I am. Yeah. And instead of saying, oh, I sing, I say, I am a singer. Like this, <laughs> this is the difference, right? Um, so this this has really come up. Like we can't leave these things even if we tried. And even if we have for a little bit, like we have, we've had some folks who you know, they design their ampersand a little differently. So instead of like a day job and night job, it's more like, you know, someone who was on Broadway for a decade as a singer and actor, and then has spent kind of the next decade really devoting themselves to writing a book. So this is my yeah. friend, Dominic, his book just came out, uh, came out mm -hmm. on June 6th. And the book is about a composer and has tons of music in it. And if you're a music person, uh, you know, definitely check out the book. It's called All the Right Notes. Um, it's a queer Asian rom-com. It's Ooh. an amazing book. But anyway, um, people kind of design their ampersand in different ways, but they never lose. You can never lose what you already have. So I think even with you and piano, Jocelyn. Yeah that's not gone. Like maybe it's dormant, like in a garden, maybe those seeds are kind of just waiting for the right conditions to sprout again, but they are there. Yeah. Um, and so I think we all have these things inside of us where, you know, maybe, maybe the timing's not quite right, or maybe our own engagement with it or, um, passion for it is like, you know, a little dampened, but if there's a spark again, like that is absolutely still there. Oh my gosh. There's so many good things you just said in there. Jessica. <laughs> just like, I'm going to hold on to that. I want to hold on to that. Like the, the I, I'm going to go back to the, where it, you talked about how it's like the whole, like show, like understanding the wholeness of you right? The identity of you and how it's uh, almost, I was like, when I was listening to you, it's almost like accepting that these are all parts of you that make the whole of you. And really accepting this is your identity. You don't have to choose one over the other. You can have mm -hmm. both or many, you know, which is like the whole multifaceted, multi-passionate aspect. And I love that because that's not, that feels so freeing and I'm just gonna speak from my own <laughs> experiences like it feels so freeing to like be able to you know have all these things and not not like say like oh I can't do this right now oh no I can I can integrate my pianist background again like like you said with the seeds like it's it's there and it really brought to my um just attention of like how you say, said like some of your guests define ampersand differently. And I love how you said that because my first thought was like, oh, is it ampersand? Just have to have like, like your analogy of day job and night job, you know, but it's, I love the, the expansiveness of how you can define ampersand. I think that's like even the multi-passionate word, right? Like I hear a lot in coaching too with clients like I haven't found my passion and I so I'm you know I'm interested in in like your perspective of that because it's like from your story and even with your guests 
I can sense their passion also. So it's like one of those things like, how do you find, how do you know that this is a passion, right? And I can say I'm like, I'm very passionate about teaching, <laughs> like as a teacher and coaching, right? Mm-hmm. I'm also passionate about music. I love music. I love hearing music. I love playing music when I just tinker around. But like, um, I think it's, you're, you're pointing at like, I guess, are you pointing at to saying like everyone, this is my question, I think as I'm thinking and maybe the audience is thinking, it's like, is everyone multi-passionate, right? Does everyone have that within them, but it's a seed that hasn't sparked yet? Or, you know, that I think that's just a question that I'm sitting with right now. I'm like, huh, I know for myself, I do have that, but I'm wondering if that's, available to every like everyone have that so I don't know I think my answer to this is I don't know yeah but I hope that for people who want to lead a multi-passionate life they know that it's an option Mm. and and I think this is one of the reasons we are doing this podcast. And I hope, especially for the next generation, you know, if you ask your child, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which by the way, there's, (laughs) I hope that we replace this question at some time too, because it's not (laughs) all about work, right? No. But um, say, you know, you ask your child and they say, I want to be an astronaut and a ballerina. Mm -hmm. And you can just say yes. It's an option. Mm, yeah, That's what I want to be available to people. And I think whether or not people choose to go down that route, it depends on so many factors. I think we are so, um, we are shaped so much by our upbringing, what we have or, or don't have, why yeah. we work. Yeah. Um, what we believe, you know, family and community is what we believe a good life is. And that is so much of our kind of value system or kind of even part of our cultural DNA, right? That maybe not everybody is as interested in being an ampersand. Maybe some people say, oh, I, I'm trying to figure out like one career. I don't want two careers. Like yeah. that's totally fine. And I think, um, and and I think some folks would, you know, rather have lots of different hobbies than kind of go very deep on, you know, one area. And that is great. Um, I think, I think that the, one of the issues that we're kind of tackling with this podcast is that being an ampersand, um, I've heard from several guests and listeners you know, sometimes there's a negative connotation to that. Like, are you a oh, dilettante or, oh, you know, you may not be taken seriously in the business world or the art world, or um, the New York Times had this great article a few months ago about, um, it was about an art show about artists who had a day job. And this whole notion of you can't be a real artist if you have a day job. And it's like, what is a real artist, this, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think this is what we're getting at is like, there has been, especially, you know, in the last hundred years, this push towards specialization, towards, you know, you, when you ask the question, what do you do? It means, what do you do for paid work? What do you do paid for work. a living? Yeah. Um, because it's kind of like your primary identity, especially here in the US. Yeah. But we have to remember that it was not always this way, right? And mm. and this is the fascinating part is when I talk with some ampersands who their parents were ampersands. Like, you know, my mom was a nurse and played violin at, you know, a professional level. Uh, and this, I think the idea of being an ampersand has been around for ever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think humans have been expressing themselves. And, um, you know, I, I think this this whole 
notion of paid work above everything else is actually in the the grand scheme of human history, like a pretty recent phenomenon. Yeah. Um, so I think actually being an ampersand is kind of us getting back to our roots a little bit. Mm, to the beginning of like actually like who we are created to be. Right. Yeah. Not placing our soul identity in, I'm going to put it in air quotes, the work, right? Like yeah. paid work. I like how you said it, paid work. Yeah. Because I find that it's so, I don't know, I maybe it's just recent history or just it's been in the workforce for, you know, three decades. It's like, or, you know, just that we've placed a whole lot of our identity emphasis on the paid work. And when we leave that, when you're in quote unquote retirement, don't know how you define that, but <laughs> there is this sense of uh, loss in, in grieving that identities. But what we're saying here in, as a straddling these two worlds as an ampersand, it's, it's taking a more holistic perspective and view of understanding who you are as a whole human being. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Like, that's pretty cool. I think that's that uh, for me, it, it's like allows me permission to like venture back into those, like you said, seeds for me as a pianist, right? That's there because I maybe it's like societal conditioning or whatever that it's I've been told like no you have to hone in and focus on one thing you know and be really good at one thing and leave the arts because the arts isn't going to pay right that's what that's what was <laughs> given to me right <clears throat> but now I'm like hearing all the different definitions of how people define ampersand I'm like oh actually I could see how that would work for like that would work for me what how would be meaningful for me the definition of ampersand in terms of even even my even in my paid work I think I remember you know thinking about that author who was that just uh launched that book Dominic Mm -hmm. when I listened and I was like oh I never thought like the first 10 years you were doing this and then the next 10 years and that is you still have that part of you that is part of you I'm like oh that's kind of like, for me, it's like, oh, 15 years as being an educator, you know, that is part, that's still, I can see, like you said, like you said, your music background, the deep listening, I totally resonate with that. You do have to deep listening. How like those skills as an educator and musician when I was a kid all kind of integrates into what I'm doing now in my work. It's Okay, everyone, just take a deep breath and reflect on all the things that you have done to see the threads. Like, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. So tell me, what is next for you in terms of like the ampersand, your thoughts about like, no, you said taking space between this season that just ended and next season. What's if I could ask what's going through your thoughts and reflections so far moving forward around this whole ampersand manifesto. There's definitely an opportunity for synthesis that Mm. I am trying not, I'm trying my best to not projectize it, but to let it come to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So That's something where I've already started pulling out some themes. Mm. I want to really just think about it more. So there may be a series of episodes around that. Um, And then we are planning on doing season three in the fall. Um, The wonderful thing about kind of where we are with the show now is, you know, the people I've interviewed have friends who are interested in being interviewed. And so we, we have, um, 
a list already going into season three, which wow. for season two, it was maybe a short list. And, and now it's like a list list <laughs> yeah. of folks who want to be interviewed. And I am, I'm thinking through, you know, how to get more diversity onto the show, diversity of kind of the type of ampersands and backgrounds of people. Um, So that's something that I'm thinking through. And, you know, I think season three, I still want to do essentially a similar format to what we've been doing before, um, because I think that there are still so many stories to be told. And I personally am getting so much from it. So I think it's kind of continuing the course um, for the, you know, for the next year. That's kind of my, um, my motivation, but I think there are some bigger things ahead. Um, I went into this really with this question of what do we call ourselves and how do we share these ideas with the world. And I I didn't go into it being like, I want to start a podcast. Um, It was, (laughs) it was more, you know, how can I do this? What's the right medium? Um, I really love the conversations. So, um, you know, the podcast is the starting point. Uh, I personally would like this to be some sort of movement. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's like a community or a website or a you know program, but I at some point I think I'm seeing this idea resonate with people now, and I want to explore how does this become a movement. Yeah, um, I think there's some community aspect in that, and. Uh, and I, I I really think that it could be um, could be a movement that people are really excited about and opt into and um, kind of build together. Yeah, that is amazing because I hear a lot of like intentionality and like this word the one word wonder comes up like in starting this podcast. It's you know, very uh, counter to why most people start a podcast is, you know, and so this is like to answer questions like out of curiosity, right? And wanting to um, understand this, you know, this, these lives that people are living. And I love how the stories are just, you know, like you said earlier, just from regular people. Right. And, and, and as a listener, it like helps me feel like I can connect and also like it, I don't know. I was just thinking about and listening to some of the stories, like the one with the cheese maker. The, yes. Yeah, Vera, would, Veronique Carrion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that one totally caught my attention because it was purely out of like curiosity and interest. And that and when I was listening to that, I was like, oh my gosh, what would be possible if we just followed our curiosity and interest and what would that lead to? Mm-hmm. And how would that, how would that enrich our, our current state of life? Like yeah. that, like that was like a big takeaway just from listening to that. And then I saw, and then I started see- seeing that thread in all the other episodes. Yeah. So those are the things I'm like, this is a movement. It's changing. I don't know. It sounds like it's like changing the way we engage with life, but also the awareness of ourselves. Yeah. I think if the old way was climb the ladder, Mm. like this one could be follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. 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 Pull the thread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so. This is so amazing. I have like thoroughly enjoyed. This. I have so much to think about. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But I have one last question here is what would you say, I guess, as a form of encouragement or just words of inspiration for someone who has been thinking, am I, I kind of feel this seed in me or I feel this interest or this thread or like, what would you say to that person Mm. who's just sitting with that? Yeah. If you think about plants Mm -hmm. and how they grow over time, it's, um, it's very organic and it can be quite slow. Like I'm thinking of these huge 10 foot sunflowers, right? Oh yeah. And to imagine that they start from this tiny seed and get watered and sun and the right soil and all of that, it kind of goes against the grain of what we're expecting these days. Like I think a lot of folks expect fast progress or, you know, things to go viral or, and it's really like, there's so much luck with doing things that way. And I also don't know if it's, um, it feels kind of worth the journey. Mm -hmm. So this whole journey of growth, like if you have this little seed and you nurture it, it can be small actions Um, It can be, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, but, um, you know, maybe you're starting on piano again and maybe it's not about goal orientation. It's just, what do I want to play today? Mm -hmm. And maybe the next day it's like, oh, what else did this composer write? Or what else do I want to do? Or maybe I want to try singing today, like with the piano. And maybe over time, you start building that in kind of as a practice, as a a meditation, as enjoyment. And it's really, um, it is not about how much money you'll make, or even what results you'll get. Um, And for a lot of creative folks, I've been hearing it's it's not even about the audience or who you're playing for. It's about what it does for you. Mm. So you're nurturing that seed and it's starting to nurture you at the same time. Yeah. So uh, I would say keep, keep doing it as long as it's giving you joy and maybe don't take it so seriously. Yeah. I love that. Because as you are saying that, that was really wise. Everyone, if you're listening, rewind and re-listen to that again. (laughs) Because that really helps demystify this, I don't know, this narrative that I hear a lot. I got to find my passion, right? And what I'm hearing is like you nurture this and it can be, and just, you're just finding, you know, feeling the joy from nurturing the seed and trying to just de-condition from this narrative, gotta find your passion, right? Like it's, it's, it's very like, as you were saying, speaking, like sharing, like that word of encouragement, inspiration, I was like, wow, that feels so much better than I got to find my passion. Cause it feels so like, like the climb the ladder ish feeling. Yeah. 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 Okay. So everyone, audience, rewind, re-listen to again what Jessica shared. <laughs> Cause that those were such wise words. I am like, I'm just like soaking that in because that's super helpful for me too. It's like, you know, I have a piano in my house. My kids want to learn piano and I just play because I just want to show them how to play for Elise. We're gonna start with that. That was the song I played a lot. And it's fun, you know. It's an amazing piece of music. I actually brought it out this year and I had forgotten about that last section. I was like, oh my God, Beethoven, like, what did you write? I was, I was sitting there with my mouth open and I was talking to Beethoven and my kid walks in. He's like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, how did he write this, this, this piece, this 
innocuous piece is brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. My, yeah. My daughter was playing. I was like, whoa, where'd that section come from? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't realize it until like later on, but yeah, I have a new appreciation for classical piano now. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jessica. But one last question. What is your favorite song to jam to? I've been listening to Janelle Monae's new album. Mm-hmm. And I love that first song on the album. It's called Float. Float. Okay. I'm going to write that down. And why do you like that song? Oh my gosh. The lyrics. <laughs> it's like, I, I used to, I, oh, I'm going to mess it up now, but it's like, I used to come in here like head down, but now I come in here and I just float. It's great. I'm going to have a great to pump it. up song. I'm going to have to listen to it. I'm going to have to listen to it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your favorite sign of jam too. Thank you so much for your time and your words of wisdom, and your stories and your insight and your energy being guests here on the podcast, Jessica. Thank you, Jocelyn. I hope you enjoyed listening in to our conversation about embracing ourselves as ampersands with Jessica Wan. Here are the takeaways from today's episode. One, an ampersand is someone who straddles two or more worlds and brings them together in some way. Two, when you reflect on your life experiences, notice the direct threads and connections. Three, you can never lose what you already have. We all have these things inside of us that creates the wholeness of us. Four, notice and follow the breadcrumbs. Pull those threads. And five, allow yourself time to be curious and enjoy the process of watering your seed of creativity or curiosity. And here are three coaching questions to help you reflect on today's conversation. One, as a working mom, what are the threads and connections you see in your life? Two, what seed or seeds of curiosity or creativity would you like to water? And three, how can you encourage your own kids to explore their interests and curiosities? Alrighty, Working Moms, thanks for listening in. And if you found this conversation super inspiring and encouraging, then I invite you to share it with other Working Moms who might relate to what we talked about today about embracing ourselves as ampersands. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I look forward to jamming with you next week. Bye.